Hi, I'm Jesse. Today in our final devotion for our series, Reason for Hope, I'm gonna give you another irrefutable proof of God. And this one, unlike the Kalam cosmological argument, points exclusively to the gospel. It points exclusively to the God of the Bible. When you point exclusively to the God of the Bible and, you, and your apologetics method is rooted truly in scripture, you don't have to bother disproving pagan gods. You don't have to bother wrestling with atheistic theories. Rather, you just go straight to the point, which is straight to salvation. Now, this is, in a way, an evidentialist apologetic. So if you are a presuppositionalist to the bone and you refuse to ever practice any form of evidentialist apologetics, then uh, maybe just skip Ezekiel 36 and 37. But the purpose of God doing this is explicit. He did this so that we would know he is the Lord and above him there is no other. This was not something that God did for Israel because Israel was particularly good. Ezekiel chapter 36 chronicles multiple concerns that God had about how they, pro, uh, they profaned, like he said, I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they went. I mean, he is rebuking his people in 36. And in Ezekiel 37, he makes a prophecy about what he was going to do. Here's Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley and they were very dry. Then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. While I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the Lord God says, breath come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. God did this so that his people would know that he is the Lord. Guess what? He did it. And so we know that he is the Lord. This was largely for uh, Israel. This is partly why you see devout Jews in Israel because they believe this text. Ezekiel's in the Old Testament. It's, in, it's part of the Torah. It's part of the Jewish text. They don't believe in the New Testament. They deny that Jesus is Messiah unless they're Messianic Jews. But we believe this book too. And when we look at the historical record, we see these events take place. Even the most militant, anti-Christian, God-hating skeptic knows that the book of Ezekiel was written centuries before May 14th, 1948. 
On May 14th, 1948, God did exactly this. He took the scattered nation that had been totally dispersed for 2,000 years and put them on their own land. They found themselves at war with every surrounding nation the next day. And then years later, they defeated all of them. And today, they're one of the most powerful nations in the world. God did this so that his people would know that he alone is the Lord. He even emphasizes, I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. Call this an evidentialist apologetic. I think it's quite presuppositional because my presupposition is that the Bible is true and now I'm observing the Bible's true. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's something that both presuppositionalist and evidentialist apologists can draw from. Its purpose was so that we would know that he's the Lord and he did it. So let's not neglect its purpose. It's so that people would know that he alone is God. So if you as an apologist are arguing for the credibility of scripture, the historicity of scripture, and you want to give evidence of fulfilled prophecy, here is one of them. Ezekiel 37. This is also talked about in Zechariah. It's also prophesied in Hosea. It's also prophesied in the way in Amos. There are numerous references to the coming destruction of Israel and then restoration of Israel. Isaiah 66, 8 is another single verse from the gigantic book of Isaiah that speaks to exactly this. How is it possible? Can, it, can a nation be brought forth in a day? That's exactly what God does with Zion, with Israel, with his people. That's exactly what he said he would do in this book, which we know to be, know to be centuries older than 1948. Exactly what God did on May 14th, 1948. That is a colossal super sign. And so when we then look to other prophecies throughout scripture, we know that God's going to do it. He said he would do it and he would, he did it. Now, what has God said he's going to do? So you can see that there's a very clear bridge from this kind of teaching to the gospel. God has wrath for sin. Guess what? He did what he said he would do here. He's going to do what he says he's going to do when it comes to our sin before a holy God. I pray that this series has been beneficial to you. I want you to consider now how you are going to teach this content to other people. This is going to be elemental in the growth of the Redemption Church and the future of Jesse Campbell Ministries as this becomes the first year's worth of teaching that you go through yourself and then you take someone else through in the future. That's how Christianity grows, by multiplication rather than by addition. I'm so proud of you for sticking it out this long. If you're a newcomer, welcome aboard. We're going straight into evangelism training and I hope that the lines are blurred between the two. The purpose of apologetics is to introduce evangelism. It also substantiates the faith of those whose faith is weak, but I believe that apologetics is best practiced in the context of leading someone to faith in Christ. How do you do that? Tune in next week. I'll see you then.